mad over last night, and then uh, it's like, I don't know how I get through today. And uh, then they started making fun of me of how I get emotional on stage and how my lip comes out and I make noises and stuff like that. So it's like, that's kind of his cue to tell a joke or something when that happens. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what today looks like either. So I just wanted to start with the Tuesday and... You want me to tell what my week was like? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, I kind of spelled it out uh, for those of you that were in the Facebook group, but uh, the net net is my my brother, Curtis, 64 years old. We've kind of had this relationship where uh, he's anti-religion. Well, I am too. Um but doesn't really trust Jesus. I think he did as a child, and that's the point that he had salvation. I believe that my brother is with Jesus today because of his belief as a child. Because uh, you, you well know that you can be born and your children can choose to not love you, but they're still your children. And so uh, Curtis was a, a child of God. And no matter how he ended up living his life, uh, I believe that Jesus loved him and showed him grace. Um, so, yeah, we got uh, uh, his niece has been reconnecting with our family. She called me and she said uh, she said that he was in a car accident and didn't survive. But by the time I got to... Uh, Denver that night, I found out that was not the truth, that he had actually taken his life. And so I'm sorry for any miscommunication that you may have heard, but that was how it was communicated to me uh, initially. And uh, I only told like a handful of people and it just kind of spread. So it is what it is. Uh, And so Wednesday morning, I approached the front door of his house and his family and we've been distant over the years, just because of Curtis's awkwardness, and uh, it's just hard, it's just difficult, but uh, they embraced me immediately, and we began to restore some relationships that needed to be restored, and it was a, a, a difficult 48 hours, but a beautiful 48 hours. You tell them about their, your plane ride? <laughs> yeah, I had my initial flight was from Indy to Chicago to Denver, and it got delayed. And I thought, well, there's another flight to Minnesota, or from Chicago to Denver. I'll catch that second one. And we sat on the runway for like 30 minutes, waiting for the weather to clear in Chicago again after the delay. And then it took off, and like 15 minutes into it, uh, they're like, uh, excuse, excuse me, but we're going to have to return to Indy because of mechanical issues. And I was, I was okay with that. I was, I was like, whatever, we'll, I'll get there. Just remain calm in my emotional state. And then they said, we're going to prepare for an emergency landing. 
and they didn't say why or anything like that, but it's like, please take note of the exits. The slides will come down. When we say brace, 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 you need to move into this. And it was like a literal, we're crashing and you need to be ready. And I was just like, oh, Just texting Michelle, I love you. <laughs> what, what did Michelle said, respond back with? Michelle didn't respond back oh, at all. Michelle, shame on you. I literally, I literally, like when we landed, which was like one of the safest landings I ever had, and the lineway, the runway was lined with uh, fire trucks and ambulances and everything else. Like they literally shut down the airport for our plane to land. And but it landed, and I got into the terminal, and I called Michelle, and I'm like, "Could you not have just said that you love me back?" <laughs> and she's like, "Were you not getting my text?" And I'm like, "No." And uh, she turned her phone off and turned it back on, and I got this flood of texts that she loved me. So um, the next flight was delayed, and there were no more flights to Denver. And, I got on and found a direct flight to to Denver on Frontier at 10.30 at night. So I was literally at the airport from like 2 o'clock in the afternoon until 10.30 at night. It's kind of like when I got in the plane and it took off, I'm like, yeah, another emotion hit because I'm going to get there. But to think that you can't get there is, yeah, it's kind of stunk. So you were on the ground in Denver for 24, 48 hours? Uh, 48 hours, yeah. Yeah, I got there. Got there about uh, 2.30 Indy time, Tuesday night, and then woke up at 2.30 Friday morning to come back here. So, yeah, about 48 hours. Yeah, just a quick turnaround. And then Thursday? Uh, Friday. Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. I got home Friday morning at 10.30 and just chilled at home and just kind of, like I said, I was going to decompress, not do anything, and then... At 10.15, I got this text from my friend Steve. Do I need to move this up? I'm getting a little down. Just hear this rumble. Uh, I got a friend from a uh, text from my friend Steve White, who is the battalion chief for Fisher's Fire Department. And <clears throat> seven years ago... He asked me to like hang out with his high school son because he was struggling with some depression and just surviving high school. And so I began developing this relationship with Trent. Uh, and rescued him a couple times. And then he went into the Marines and then he uh, had a child with Ashley, Kyler, and last March he sat in my house for like two hours and just says, I, I want to pursue Jesus. I want, to, I want to do this the right way. I want to, I'm like, dude, you're in the right place. You know, it's like you, it's like I've said all along, you build relationships with people. So when it hits the fan, you're there. And that's what happened with Trent. It's like it was hitting the fan and he's like, I, I want this. I want this. And I'm like, let's do it. Uh, and so he's literally been here for almost every week, sitting back here. Like Ed's, uh, how's he, 
I was like, Ed, go meet that dude and make him feel welcome because obviously I'm like talking to people. And so some of you all made relationships. Some of you all watched Kyler. But uh, Steve said, can you meet me at the hospital? I think Trent's hurt himself. And we're in Martinsville. And I'm looking at this going, no. But my uh, pastoral heart said, yes. And so... Michelle wouldn't let me go by myself, so I took my son Corey with me. And uh, we drove to Anderson and got to the hospital, obviously, before Steve and Kathy did, and uh, found out that he had also taken his life. And uh, then you have to tell the parents. So uh, I know... I know my role as a minister, pastor, and it kicked in. It kicked in. I think one of the things guys in general are able to compartmentalize things. And so at this point, it wasn't about my issues. It was about this family's issues and the whole pastoral thing. Just this is what I do. And... uh Ended up driving Steve and Kathy home back to Fishers just so they would be safe. And Corey followed in my car. Uh, so, yeah, the Trent worked for the city of Fishers, and his dad is obviously well entrenched in Fishers and in his job. So, yeah, just communicated to the other chaplains in the area. You know, they all know what my week's been like. and. Uh, the fire chief showed up at my house yesterday morning just to check on me and to hug me and make sure everything was good. And it's a long week. Ed, I'm just thinking about you up here. I use the term ministry a lot. It'll say Speckman Ministries or Troy, Troy Pruitt, the Pruitt Ministries or Alcosla Ministries, but you know Ed Gallagher Ministries. It, there's a calling on everybody's life. There's a calling on every one of our lives, and that could be great or small. There's no, there's, you know, there's, there's no hierarchy in the body of Christ, but there's a calling on your life, and you walk in that. And, and I've seen, I mean, nearly every face in this room, I've seen you minister to others and at times to me. And there's a verse in Scripture, Matthew 11, 11 says, Those born among women, none are greater than John the Baptist, but he who's least in the kingdom is greater than John. Let's talk about you because you're equipped with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist died before the day of Pentecost. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So this ministry that you're called to, it is you are equipped to reflect God's character to this world. And so many of you have done that. I just want to encourage you that Please don't ever measure your ministry to somebody else. Do never, never measure the scope or size of, of whatever your calling might be. You just walk. If you screw it up, walk on. If you say the wrong thing, walk on. If you heard it wrong, oh, I think I thought I heard the Spirit, I, I got that wrong, walk on. Jesus was about today. <clears throat> he was always about today. And I think that sometimes we flog ourselves and we beat ourselves up about our past or we're anxious about the future. Today, 
So if you say the wrong thing today, maybe you have to apologize to somebody, maybe you don't, you walk on. The creator of the universe dwells within you. And he d- wants to utilize each and every one of you to get into all the nooks and crannies of everywhere you go. Jesus could only be in one place at a time. And he said, I'll send the helper. And he sends the helper through you into schools, into your workplace, right? Wherever you might be, all throughout this world. And God's glorified through your life. What's on your heart? I'm the light of the world. He dwells within you. You know, I think too, surrounding yourself with people that, um, you know, that are chasing the heart of God. One thing uh, Luke Dunnick said to me last week, and I've been um, chewing on this, I thought it was interesting. He said that when Scripture says that we're created in the image of God, it's, it's as, as the moon reflects the sun, we can reflect God's character. We're new creations but the spirit within us that can reflect through your personality to this world. And there's a lot of different personalities in here. Some are quiet, some are shy, some are outspoken, some are loud. Whatever it might be, your personality, your soul is unique to you, and it is a wonderful thing. Especially you, especially you. Yeah, I appreciate that, Lisa. I love you. I, I know that you love me. I know that. I love you. I know that you love me. I, I know that. And that's, that's probably what makes this hard. Just seeing you and um, I was like dreading today. Just dreading seeing you and uh, because uh, I've had an emotional week, and I'm, but you have to, you have to do this. I'm gonna be gone next week, and that was already planned. So I had to be here today. I wasn't gonna go like three weeks without seeing you and uh, allowing me to love you and you to love me. I get that. That's part of this. This. So I appreciate that. Cindy? You know, I just want to thank you for your transparency on just being human and realizing that, you know, we go through our crisis and our circumstances in our lives. And that being said, I'd just like to share some praises that through the worst circumstances of my life that I found you, I found Lebanon, 
and not only did that change my entire uh, perception on my faith and my relationship with Jesus and God, but it gave me a passion that um, through the worst circumstances in my life that I get to see a miracle every single week. I get to see people go from a hopeless place to hope. And it's because of what you share and being transparent and, and giving us, you know, understanding of God's love because you are Appreciate that. Was was giving a given a loving warning about last week's message that it may have come across that I was insensitive and callous to all that was going on in the world and that other people could interpret it that way. And I know that the world may interpret it that way. But I'm not concerned about the, what the world thinks about me. I know that you know my heart. Uh, so the issues that the world is dealing with, I understand it. I, I get it. But I'm always going to come back to the light. I, I am stupid enough to believe that the answer to the world is Jesus. And if that's all that I talk about is Jesus, then call me insensitive and calloused. Because I believe he's the only answer. And so we keep teaching Jesus here. We, I don't, I'm not doing agendas. I'm not doing, I'm not doing sin issues. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. I I wanted the heart of my brother I wanted Trent's heart just call me dang it just call me The only answer. It's the only answer I got. It's the only answer you have. And I'm going to stick to it. So I'll tell you the same thing every time. Call me. I'll tell you the same thing every time. Luke, Luke always teases Rusty about it. He goes, I don't even know why I bother calling you. You always just tell me the same thing. <laughs> But one thing that obviously, you know, what we try to stress here is identity principles of who you are in Christ, right? And if if all you've ever gotten out of here is forgiveness, that's at least that's a place to start. But believe me, there's more than that. There's more than forgiveness to this, right? I do think that we can better understand how to fight these battles in our mind. I do think we can learn how to enjoy Jesus and to rest and it doesn't lead to laziness it doesn't lead to license there is an abundant life to be had yeah and forgiveness is a, is a component of it but there's more than that Jerry I think uh, one of the big things I've learned from Rusty is that uh, you know, I, 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 I
patience is a huge thing. Especially as men, we want to go in and fix things, and it's that. Spending time building the relationship first and having patience to walk with people where they are. It's, it's not always just the quick fix, it's the long relationships that some people don't hear in the message that I'm Appreciate that. I'm a call. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, Angela was over our house yesterday, and uh, she's the crisis intervention for really Hamilton County and the whole area she's like so she was checking my pulse yesterday and telling me that you know hey there's a great counselor or therapist that you can go see and I'm like <laughs> you're telling me to go see a therapist uh, I mean I listen I'm like Angela there's nobody around here that has what I have. I have godly men and women that are constantly checking on me and loving on me and processing with me. And it's like, I'm not going to find that in most therapist offices. I have a good counselor friend and Jeff Bacone, and we meet regularly, mainly to talk about you guys, but uh, <coughs> he loves me, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really good. I'm good. I, uh, he, he was asking last night, you know, the whole grieving process, and I don't know if you, you can read, like, the grieving books and everything else, and I think there's some generalities about grieving, but nobody's going to grieve the same. So to say there's seven steps to grief is like five steps, whatever. (laughs) You've read it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's like because you have all your past history and uh, experiences affecting how you emotionally are uh, and just your makeup and your soul and and your knowledge of... God and your trust in God, all that comes into play about your in your grieving process. Yeah, I'm sad. Yeah, it's painful. It's it's all that. But uh, I am deeply loved and and 
cared after. And uh, yeah, I just, that's where I am. I may be wrong on that, but I don't, don't believe that I am. Love you. I love you. And thanks for the moms yesterday, Tracy. They came. I checked my ring doorbell and saw that you put moms on my porch. Big. Yeah, yeah, I saw you. Thank you. Thank you, Scott, for your word. I feel the same way about you. I uh, told Matt um, I didn't want this morning to be about me or anything like that. I know that you are concerned or interested in knowing what's going on. Uh, So we were trying to figure out how to communicate that. But again, I'm good because of Jesus. And that's the reason I do what I do. Uh, not because it's a responsibility or a duty, but that's the calling that he has on my life. And it, it means so much to me that I just want people to know the gooder news of the gospel that he didn't, he didn't come to just save so that we can have eternity. He came so that we can have abundant life in the midst of this chaos. Amen.
that we shall be the light to the world. We'll keep our lights up here in pinheads <laughs> because we are the light of the world. So, not talk about sin, not talk about all that's happened this week, but to keep talking about Jesus. That's how you get through everything. That's my final word. I'll do this. If, if you wouldn't mind just like putting your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. and the uh, I'm just going to uh, say a quick prayer just to close us out today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this man. We thank you for Rusty. Uh, we hold up him and the calling you've put on his life. Um, Lord, we hold up his family and the kids and the wife that's been left behind. We hold up Trent's family, Ashley and Kyler. Lord, we're grateful for what you've done in our lives. We're grateful for what you can do in our lives. We just pray that we allow you to continue to reflect through our lives. And Lord, just bring my friend Rusty that peace that passes all understanding in this season. And I pray for that peace for everybody here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.